Right, Bill, you're going to hate me, but uh, I love McDonald's. All right, I'm sorry. That, that, that shit is crack. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good. Those fries are good, man. You have to you have to dig the fries. I mean, come on. Bill just said he loved the fries, and that's what we say. And I just feel like you're one of our people, man. This is exciting stuff. Th- that is funny, because, I mean, Raylene and I had this, like, hour-long conversation about McDonald's fries and how badass those things are. Fuck Wendy's fries. I don't like them. <laughs> They're the f- healthiest fries there are out there, by the way, out of fast food, is the <laughs> Wendy's fries. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Dave's Blast Off here in Seattle, Washington, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hi, guys. Raylene, how you doing? What's shaking? Well, it's 4th of July. It's 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, happy secession day. Yeah, I'm so excited about uh, barbecuing and fireworks. I don't know about you guys, but fireworks are still legal here, so that's exciting for me. Is it really? Is it legal there? Yeah, a little bit. A little but bit. Yes. Not the big ones, <laughs> but the you know mid to like firecrackers and sparklers, right? Yeah, we could do actually, we still shoot off the, the fireworks and... Um, it's nice because when the neighbors do it, we can all see them. So it's still a good neighborhood thing to do. But things are kind of changing and people don't want them anymore. Uh, it seems like the majority of people don't want them. But that's what's going on. How are you? I'm all right. I'm just excited. I've been watching. I didn't make it to the Libertarian National Convention. Um, however, I've been excited to watch all the footage and uh, see that, you know, my boy, Alex Merced, won vice chair. That's what I'm yeah, really excited Alex. about. Another content creator, another good man, and I'm really happy that he was he won. I actually, I mean, I love Arvin, but I I love Alex more because I, yeah. I have a personal relationship with the man. We've been brothers for brothers from another mother for quite some time, so I'm really excited that Alex won. And uh, me too. I, I like what Arvin has to say, but I really like Alex just because he's just a nice guy. You know, I think that Arvin and Alex both have a place in this movement and what Arvin is doing, I really respect and understand. But what I love about Alex is that he really leads with love, understanding, empathy, and he's all about trying to find how liberty helps everyone and that we all deserve it. So I really love the way he messages. He's And he's a hard worker too. He does work. He does. He has like 5 million podcasts that he does every day. Yeah. And- I mean, I, I just, the guy is a, the guy's a beast. He's a machine. He's a Liberty machine. Mm-hmm. And anyways, Raylene, we have a guest on the line and I don't want to keep this individual waiting, but this is a, such an honor to have this guy. Bill Ottman is a American internet entrepreneur and freedom of information activist based in New York City, best known as the CEO and co-founder of Minds.com. I welcome here on Blast Off. Give it up for Bill Ottman. Bill, thank you so much for being here on the show, my friend, on the 4th of July. Seriously. This is great. I'm excited. I have so many, so many things to learn. I'm excited. 
Well, like, so, Bill, honestly, Raylene and I have been, like, researching you back and forth. Or, like, okay, we've watched, like, every interview you've done, every article you've written. And, dude, you're just, you are keeping the entrepreneur spirit alive mm-hmm. with what you're doing. Like, there's been so many bad things that are happening with Facebook and Twitter. And here you are creating a solution to those problems. And you have Minds.com. And, you know, what What has inspired you to create this this social media network? I mean, I'm honestly just shocked that the the tech giants are so oblivious. I mean, well, they're probably not oblivious. They're probably well aware right. for the most part of what they're doing. But at the same time, they're also oblivious. And so I've just always thought that a free and open alternative is inevitably going to emerge. It has to. It's just there's no other option. I mean, it's happening. You see it's happening with Bitcoin and blockchain, with money. It happened with Wikipedia, sort of took out a lot of the uh, dead weight in the encyclopedia world. It, it's happened. It's going to happen in every industry. And, you know, people just deserve privacy and reward and they deserve to be rewarded for their energy online. Everything that Facebook and Google do is the only thing they do well is they have brilliant some brilliant engineers. Everything else, the whole foundation that it's built on is just a total mess and, and has to be inverted. Yeah. My favorite thing I've heard you talk about is wanting to give people independence. That really struck a chord with me. Can you explain to listeners how Minds.com is on the forefront of this as a business model? Yeah, sure. I mean, helping people become independent online, generate revenue, get exposure onto their ideas, that's really what we're we're working towards. And so the way that it works on Minds is that you earn we used to have it so that you earn points and you could also earn fiat dollars. But now we're transitioning into more of a crypto focus just to sort of experiment with it and see where it goes. Basically, so you earn tokens for your contributions. That's the engagement you receive, you know, right. likes, shares, um, referrals that you make. Uh, you also get rewarded with tokens for just checking in just, you know, because not everybody is, uh, you know, a super mega influencer and we still want to give everybody some sort of rewards. And then you can use the tokens to boost your content for more views. And you can also send the tokens to other users on a recurring monthly basis, like a crowdfunding system. Nice. You can gain access to exclusive content and other rewards that the creators set. And I mean, we we did this in reaction to the algorithms on Facebook and now Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, where they're basically restricting people's reach. So when you post, not all of your friends or followers are seeing it. They're, you know, they have some amalgamation of of factors that determine who sees what. And it's sort of a soft form of censorship. And so, yeah, I mean, we just think that, look, the community essential in building the network. I mean, there. so we believe that the creators deserve to, you know, be compensated. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, so for example, we have a Facebook page, Blast Off of Johnny Rocket, right? And yeah, so we may get like three, 400 people who like our post or have seen it. However, they want you to pay more to get everyone to see it. Which in a sense is like if they subscribe to your page, shouldn't they be able to see it if they like what you're doing? Why do I have to pay more for the people who already like the content to see what we're doing? Like that's my problem. 
Exactly. It's it's actually offensive that they think that that's okay. And you so now it's you're only reaching about three to five percent of your own following organically. It used to be much more. Yeah. Uh, it used. I don't know what it used to be, but you know we had still have. We don't. I, I'm off Facebook now, but you know we had pages with millions of followers, and we were driving a lot of traffic to mines through Facebook. And, you know, people, you know, despite it still had all the surveillance stuff going on. It was all secretive, proprietary. There were still tons of issues, but at least you could use Facebook to get the word out about stuff. And you knew that you could reach your community. So now, but now that that's gone, honestly, the whole thing is, is dead. And they're now stuck in this model because they're, you know, share their public company, their shareholders are expecting it. Their their revenue is now uh, dependent upon exploitation and manipulation. So, I mean, you know, it's not just going to be us. I think that there's there's a number of alternative networks that are emerging, and I think that together, it's it, it's you know, we're we're evolving to the point where we're starting to get competitive, and they're going to be forced to either transform their policies or you know, it's just we're we're just going to keep growing. Sure. Um, I was wondering what you are doing to prepare for the mass exodus that will <laughs> happen from Facebook. I mean, right now you're you're calling it what how you called it dead. That is very, very quintessential of, of what's happening right now is that no one knows it's dead. We're just picking meat off a carcass at this point with Facebook. We know that minds.com is one of the revolutionary social media platforms. I mean, after I found out all of the awesome things with the peer-to-peer and the blockchain and everything that you're doing, how is it going to compete, minds.com, excuse me, going to compete with open source platforms? Well, we are an open source platform. So exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, it's just the waves of Exodus, as you call it, um, they just keep happening. I mean, we built it. it, We are already scalable. You know, we actually started the company in 2011. So we spent and we didn't really officially launch until 2015. So we spent years building something that could scale. Yeah. And that is just something that we're ready for. I mean, even just over this past weekend, we experienced a, a huge surge of like over 100,000 new users from Vietnam. Um, and this was in reaction to a super controversial cybersecurity bill that right. is essentially a, a surveillance bill and a censorship bill. And... Um, People were really freaked out about it because the you know it basically forced Google and Facebook are now going to be complying with the Vietnamese government handing over you know sensitive user information and mm-hmm. censoring certain posts that the government wants and so people are looking for alternatives and the same thing happened uh, last year in Thailand we got our initial growth spurt from you know based around all the NSA surveillance and a lot of the algorithm manipulation so it's just like. As and these things are going to keep happening. So as yeah. long as this keeps happening, the the migration is is going to keep happening, and we're just uh, you know we are trying to keep up, and you know we're we're updating the site as as much as possible, and we know where it needs to go in terms of all the bells and whistles, and and we're getting closer. Like obviously, we want to get live streaming, and we want to become more decentralized, and um, just have more tools for people. But you know, we're we're pretty advanced now. I think at least in terms of all the alternatives, we have we have more features. Bill, really quick, man, how is Minds making money? Facebook does their you know subscribers and your advertisements and all that stuff, so you could reach all of your fan base or your friends of your fan base, et cetera, et cetera. And do you guys use third party advertisers at all? 
No, we we used to years ago, but we ditched them all because they all, you know, third party ads spy on people. It's essentially spyware. Okay. So we ditched we ditched uh, that. We ditched Google Analytics. We essentially have no proprietary software in our site now. So we make money um, by so people can earn the tokens, and sure. well, soon we're on the Ethereum testnet right now. So uh, you can't buy tokens yet, but you will be able to. And so that's obviously going to be a huge, uh, important revenue stream. People used to be able to buy points. So that was a, a, a source of revenue. And then you use the points to advertise, essentially. And this is all a uh, anti-surveillance consent-based ad system. So we're not going to track people in order to target. It's basically works the opposite way, but it still allows people to promote their stuff. We don't take fees on the peer-to-peer transactions. So for the crowdfunding, we don't take fees. We also have a peer-to-peer advertising system where I could send you an offer of tokens in exchange for you sharing my post. That's a great so idea. Can, Beautiful. Yeah, people can actually uh, advertise through us, which you know we have the ability to get a lot of eyeballs on it. But sometimes you know who you want to reach. And if you want that, that page to share your stuff, then you can send them an offer. And we build that in reaction to sort of this whole side economy that exists on Facebook and other social networks where, you know, brands will actually pay each other for posts. And we were doing this on Facebook and it was actually way more effective than advertising with Facebook. So, the, but it was totally complicated. You had to do these deals and you're, you're like PayPaling people and whatnot. Sure, right. So we just wanted to automate it. And so you could just have this queue of offers and you either accept it or reject it. But then otherwise, we also, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but because we're open source, people can launch their own app based on our stack. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a white labeled version of us. Okay. And then, and so we do have one customer who does that. And, you know, a, f- a few people have been experimenting. We haven't really done a, b- a big public launch of that yet, but I th- in the future, that will be a bigger revenue stream. And then what we can do is optionally, the administrators of those networks can interconnect between networks. So you can sort of have a network of networks. And that's really important because it feeds into the decentralization model. And it's like, look, if people, want to do it differently from I mean you people don't even have to pay us to do that. They can just go grab our, our code right now and, and set it up if if they have the the programming expertise to pull it off. So yeah, I mean those those are the main the, the main models. And we also have a premium feature. So mine's plus right now. That's great. And so we're going to be adding more stuff to that. Like you can get rid of ads if you want. And we're going to be adding stuff like more video services and exclusive content and, and that kind of stuff. Brilliant. And so like what I think, Bill, is what you're doing is you're kind of creating your own free market. You, you you really are. I mean, it's beautiful because there's no coercion. There's no crony capitalism. No one's being bought and sold. Mm-hmm. You're doing it independently and you are making that shit happen. Who can say that they have actually created a free market? No one's being forced to buy or do anything on minds.com, but yet people want to because they know that their message will be reached by the people their fans, their fan base, their friends, et cetera, that they will have their message heard by those people and seen. And that is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the crazy things is that even though, you know, we're just, we're like over a million users now, like 1.1, maybe 1.2, but even though we're a fraction of the size, people are finding it easier to gain a following on minds than on Facebook or Twitter 
because there's right. actually sort of a vent because you can boost. Mm-hmm. There's a vent out of the void. I know tons of people on other apps where, you know, they'll have like thousands of tweets. They have like 80 sure. followers after like 10 years and they just can't, right. you know, and it's not to say that their content isn't good. They just haven't been able to hit that viral nerve and there's no way for them to get exposure other than to pay. And the reality is that most people aren't going to pay. Yeah, that's right. And it's expensive. I mean, just to reach like 2,500 people, you have to like give up like 20 or $30. And that's like for an average American, right? Let's just say that's like maybe an hour and a half to two hours of their labor mm-hmm. to get 2,500 people to see, just to even see what right. they're doing. And that's that's not even promising they'll click on it, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a, we have a, there's definitely a disconnect between the audience and the business or entrepreneur or whatever. I mean, this is a great opportunity for, for the average entrepreneur, business starter or whatever to get on minds.com so they can reach more people without necessarily having to pay. And if they do pay, they can pay to that other company to make sure that they put out that information or they want to be sponsored. And then you guys have like your own crypto thing going on with mines, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're launching a token on the Ethereum blockchain. Go ahead, Rayleigh. Okay. Well, I actually, I want to ask you more about yourself, but before I do that, my friend Heather and I were talking about you and your business model and what you're doing. It's just really exciting. And she suggested this cool idea. And I was just wondering if anybody had thought of this. Has Minds.com considered uh, something like an app creation to organize the friends lists on places like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and to sign up and kind of leave all at the same time? Kind of like crowdfunding, but Facebook and all moving over to Minds because it is something that's hard to organize. And you know what I'm saying? We want the, the people that make us feel secure on the social media programs we're already on. Is anything like that in the works or is that an idea that anyone's bouncing around? No, that's interesting. So you're basically saying you can like organize a a migration with your friend groups. You sort of do it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking this is genius. Um, She's a she's a very smart lady. But having something where it it syncs up with your friends lists as an app and everybody says when when you guys leave, I leave, you know, and enough people sign up. Yeah, you kind of all just like, you're unionizing. That's fucking awesome. Which I thought was a really cool idea. Exactly. And it's a voluntary union. I love it. That is cool. I think that one of the the issues we used to, because you have to be careful with like Facebook apps and mm-hmm. Twitter apps because they are, using their API can become really problematic for signups. We actually took out the ability to sign up with Facebook and and other APIs because they will just pull the rug out from underneath you. I mean, there there have been so many apps that have like gone down because they're using Facebook's API for authentication. And yeah. but I I definitely agree with I I really like that idea. I think there's a way that we could do it without relying on any of Facebook's tools. And I, I it's sort of um, yeah. There's definitely something there. I will. I'd also say that um, you know it's not necessarily a cold turkey thing up front. I mean, for most people, I think it's supplementary. Like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of get your feet wet. It's important for people to understand that, you know, using these new apps is that's how we get empowered. So it's not even to say like you need to just like fully switch and go hardcore. Like signing up is really meaningful. It helps our numbers. It helps our 
just trajectory. Every little micro movement on the internet makes a huge difference. That's why, you know, I crazy about letting people know that, you know, the browser that you use, the operating system that you use, you know, use Firefox and Brave browser, um, using Chrome and Safari and Internet Explorer, like, or Edge or whatever it is now, that is empowering those corporations. It's, and it's just not necessary because Firefox okay. is, is essentially just as good. You know, if you want to get a little bit more intense, uh, you know, try using Ubuntu or Debian um, as your operating system for your computer. You know, making the jump away from from Apple is is certainly not easy. I think that they're they're brilliant designers, but it's it's totally uh, corrupt proprietary software. And you know, these are the kind because when you connect to the network and you connect to the internet, that is what's feeding the growth of all of these new apps. So I'm inspired. I am so inspired right now. I am grinning right now. You are waking me up. Thank you. Keep going. It's sort of like uh, I compare it, and I've said this probably too many times, uh, but I compare it to the you know the food movement. If you look at like organic food and labeled food, twenty years ago, no one really knew about that. It was kind of like food was food, except for like a very small number of people who who were tuned in. And now we have like a massive organic industry, and you know a whole food transparency movement and there's sections of the supermarket that are dedicated to this, sometimes entire stores. And the same thing is is happening with apps. And oh, but we're just it's much more in mm. the early stages of it. Right, Bill, you're gonna hate me, but uh I love McDonald's. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that that shit is crack. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good. Those fries are good, man. You have to you have to dig the fries. I mean, come on. Bill just said he loved the fries, and that's what we say. And I just feel like you're one of our people, man. This is exciting stuff. Th- that is funny because, I mean, Raylene and I had this, like, hour-long conversation about McDonald's fries and how badass those things are. Fuck Wendy's fries. I don't like them. <laughs> They're the f- healthiest fries there are out there, by the way, out of fast food is the <laughs> Wendy's fries. But like their milkshakes, they'll rock. Their milkshakes rock. But no, I'm with you, Bill. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, people just don't know. And I think that this is the the coming of truth to where people need to understand that we are getting our information robbed. And I, you know, in actuality, I do believe though, like Facebook, for example, you have to be kind of stupid to not know that they were using your information for advertisers, like your interests. Hey, I like basketball, you know, and then all of a sudden, you notice on your feed that there's advertisements for, you know, the Wilson basketball. To me, that makes kind of sense as a, but at the same time, if you want your information to be secured, go to minds.com. Anyways, so we're talking to Bill Ottman, the CEO and founder of minds.com. Anyways, so what we do on the next segment, it's called Rocket Fire. So stick around and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. <laughs>
Why do people hate libertarians? One part of America calls them soulless robber barons who want to stick children back in factories, and the other part thinks they're drugged up anarchists. Who are they? And why have regular Americans been told to avoid libertarians and their ideas? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, Amazon best-selling author of Stay Away from the Libertarians, where I'm going to debunk the myths, misconceptions, and outright lies thrown at libertarians, ranging from the idea that votes can be stolen to the radical notion that you own yourself. From personal stories to ignored history, I lay out the facts and ask you if these dastardly libertarians are as much of a threat as the mainstream media and establishment politicians make them seem. You can go ahead and get a copy in print and in Kindle e-reader on Amazon today. Stay away from the libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Available on Amazon. Hey, it's Johnny Rock, and I just want to say that there is very few podcasts that I take the time to listen to every week. But with my limited time, I really want to listen to shows that really stick out. Please give a listen to Mark Claire on the Lines of Liberty. Every show he does is just badass. If you want to laugh your ass off, listen to Chris Spangle with the We Are Libertarians crew. And if you really want to dig deep into the philosophical and the principles of libertarianism, then I suggest you listen to Roger Paxton on the Lava Flow. All these shows are amazing. I personally think every show these guys produce is top notch. So again, listen to The Lines of Liberty. We are libertarians and the lava flow. You will not be disappointed. Thank you.
Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hello there. And we're talking to Bill Ottman, the CEO and entrepreneur and founder of Minds.com. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for being here, man. It's such an honor and such a privilege. Love being here. Oh, rock and roll, man. So what we do here, it's tradition, and on the second segment, what we do is a thing called Rocket rock, Fire. What rock, we do rock, on Rocket rock, Fire, sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Bill, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Question one. Do you believe that the cryptocurrencies will eventually replace banking altogether? I do. And I, but I think for a long time, it's going to be a hybrid. I don't know if it, I don't think fiat will, will cease to exist, but I think that crypto is, is going to overpower it. Yeah. Right on, man. Question two, as an entrepreneur, do you think it's important to remain apolitical or nonpartisan? That is a great question. I think that yes, I do. And I also think it's important to stick to your values and principles. And, you know, the whole partisan political paradigm is also dead. Um, I think the left right complex is so corrupt and polarizing. And there's, you know, common ground around freedom that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if you're not into freedom, we're sort of on. <laughs> we're yeah, on I'm different with you. pages. So you know, left and right, I don't really buy into, and I think that as a network, it's really important to stay neutral. And I try my best to be talking to people on the left and the right, and in trying to create a bridge, because what's going on in the other networks is just pathetic with the politicization. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Question three. Why is freedom of speech so important, even if we don't agree with the message? Censorship is is proven to increase violence and extremism. So freedom of speech only to protect controversial ideas. If the if the ideas aren't controversial, then you don't really need freedom of speech uh, rights because you are it's already accepted. So I think that a lot of people miss the point. But yeah, we I we just compiled dozens of studies from universities and researchers all over the world basically showing that yeah when you hide something it's it, you know this goes through the prohibition thread in general more people want to see it it's the streisand effect you're going to bring more <laughs> it's just obvious and i don't understand i mean these these big networks are doing it because they just are you know trying to stay politically correct and not, uh, you know, just brush it under the rug, but, but they're actually making the problem on the internet much worse. They're the ones who are causing the radicalization, not, not the communities who, you know, while we may have a certain degree of, you know, uh, fringe thought, at least we're allowing the social valve for the conversation to occur, uh, to occur, and that is what actually lowers the the violence in the long term. Uh, I, I constantly point to Daryl Davis, 
an African-American guy who befriended uh, hundreds of members of the KKK and got them all to leave the KKK because he was a rational human being. Right. Yes. Just have conversations with them. So it's just, um, I, I think it's really insane how they're approaching it. And, you know, the, what we have to do is, is spin it on them and show that they're the ones who are causing the violence and extremism, not the not the places where the conversation is able to exist. Wow. Right on, brother. Right on. Question four, is decentralization of the internet important? And if so, do you believe in some centralization? Yeah, I mean, it's it's essential. I think that, you know, the internet and its uh, origins was much more decentralized than it, than it is now. Now we've sort of gravitated towards these centralized silos, which happened for a reason. I mean, you know, I, I think these sites served a valuable social purpose. And yes, yeah, centralization and decentralization have to coexist. You're always going to have servers where data exists. If you have a server where data is, that's a centralized server. And so just depending on how reliant the network is on a single centralized server, as opposed to, you know, more of the blockchain model or torrent type model, it depends what technical process you're trying to achieve. Sometimes a centralized database is, is perfectly acceptable for, you know, a certain task. Um, but I think that the, the big social networks need to become more decentralized and people need to uh, have more of their information, you know, on their own devices. But in certain circumstances, you, you want your data elsewhere. And so, you know, we are, we're a combination of centralized and decentralized. We use uh, WebTorrent, we use Ethereum, but we also use databases like Cassandra and Mongo which are, are useful. So I, I think that, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of naivety in, uh, you know, everything making, you know, everything running on the blockchain and stuff, which is just not a rational thing to say. Um, but obviously the blockchain is crucial. Right on, man. Question five, how does Google and Facebook stifle entrepreneurship and innovation? Ooh, you've been doing your digging. Uh, so yeah, I mean, because all of their software is proprietary, they have essentially forced humanity to reinvent the wheel. I mean, in a sense, what they're forcing us and others to do is catch up to them in terms of, you know, d different features and whatnot. And, and we're getting closer. But proprietary software stifles innovation because because they didn't share that code with the world. Right. It forced other people to have to, to build it in a version that is free and open source. So as opposed to have spent having spent our time building on top of human progress that had already occurred, we're forced to put our energy into, you know, building an alternative. And I think that that is, uh, you know, just pretty catastrophic. We, we would, if, if they would transform their values and their policies and their licenses, uh, it would have such an, an insane impact on, on how fast society moves. Right on, brother. Question six. Do you think there is a difference between free markets and crony capitalism? No, no difference. They're exactly the same. Just kidding. Just kidding. Obviously. Okay. What's that? <laughs> I'm just joking. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just like, okay, rock and roll. He runs. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, great. Question seven. What's your thoughts on intellectual property and patents? 
Well, this gets into sort of the music thread that we were talking about on the break. But I mean, I I think that, you know, ultimately all information, I, I, I don't feel ownership. I think everybody creates unique ideas based on complex amount of information that they're processing from other places. Uh, I forget who it was, like Henry Ford or something said, all, all ideas are secondhand and you know we're just sort of conduits of it. And you know, so when it comes to software patents are ridiculous. I think claiming ownership, there's, there's all sorts of simultaneity of creation that's occurring, like multiple people will think of the same idea. And so on different parts of the world, this has been proven uh, time and time again. So, I mean, I think that people deserve credit for their ideas. I think that, you know, I'm not going to say that there's no purpose of patents. We don't, we don't really pursue intellectual property. We license our stuff all under the uh, general public license. Sure. Yeah. 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 Anyone can take our stuff, do whatever they want with it. But in turn, they have to share their changes with everybody else. And that is what propels the innovation to, to keep going. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Question eight. How does free speech ease racial tensions? Yeah. I mean, it's what we were talking about with, with Daryl Davis. I think that it's counterintuitive, but by allowing the thought, the speech to occur, you depressurize everything and you, you know, the best ideas rise to the top. And I think that, you know, once the speech moves into actual imminent threats of violence and whatnot, okay, yeah, then you, you know, that's when the law comes into place. And that's why I think the U.S. does a pretty good job with freedom of speech and the First Amendment. And yeah, I mean, look, we've gone this far. We've come a long way with racism. And I think that in, especially in the U.S., and that's because of our policy, I would say. Right on, man. Right on. Question nine, Hashgraph or blockchain? Uh, I mean, Hashgraph is proprietary. So from what I've seen. So yeah, I mean, I don't think that a proprietary... I, I might I might be wrong on that, but I, I'm pretty sure I looked into that. And yeah, so it's it's not a long-term solution unless it's open source. Right on, man. Question 10. What is your opinion on the hacker group Anonymous? Good, bad, indifferent, and why? Anonymous is a decentralized, leaderless group of hacktivists. So it's not good or bad. It's good and bad. It is, you know, we have, I think the right to anonymity is essential that we, you know, we're, that's one of our core values, but anyone can put on that mask and for whatever purpose, try, there's all sorts of propaganda that gets put out behind the anonymous mask. There's all sorts of genius ideas that come out of it too. So, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's shades of gray. You have white hats, you have gray hats, you have black hats. You have, um, you know, nonsense and, and you have, uh, you know, some of the, the, the coolest uh, movements that, that have gone down in the last decade. So it's all it's it's all right on. And that's rocket fire. Give it up for Bill Hotman. Great job, Bill. That was Bill, amazing. Great fucking job, dude. Yep. Really quick question, though, just as a follow up, sir. You stated you only support ethical hacking. Can you explain that criteria? Uh, that probably, there's probably shades of gray within ethical hacking, but I mean, yeah, I mean, different people would have different interpretations of what that means. I mean, ethics are, are very complicated. And so, you know, certain laws aren't ethical to people. So I think that I'm not going to say that I agree with, with every law. So I'm not going to say that the law is what dictates ethical hacking, but I think that, you know, people know what's ethical for themselves. And I would just say that 
you know, I, I, I don't believe in like doxing people and, you know, robbing people and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm with you. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off. Anyway, so I'm here with my co-host, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hey there. You're a badass. And I'm here with my guest, the CEO and founder of Minds.com. Give it up for Bill Ottman. We're going to be right back after this commercial break, so stick around and rock and roll. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. Hey there, Liberty lovers. This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com.
blast off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hi. Hey. Raylene, how you doing, babe? Fantastic. I'm having the time of my life. Me too. All right, so we're talking to the badass himself, the CEO and founder of Minds.com. Give it up for Bill Hotman. <laughs> yeah. Bill, thank you so much again for being on the show. Your rocket fire questions were fantastic. And anyways, though, man, uh, what we do here on the third segment is I'm going to have Raylene ask you some personal questions because she has been dying to know and she's part of the Inquirer. So she's <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. So go ahead, Raylene. I, I do. So, Bill, when I was trying to uh, research more about you, a lot of interviews are obviously about this amazing social media platform, Minds.com. And it's so intensely wonderful that that kind of dominates the interviews. And I want to know a little bit more about you. So I was following you on Minds and I saw a lot of thoughtfulness and um, appreciation for beauty and the arts. And I see an idealism in your messaging and, and what you're doing. I was going to ask you how you feel the arts influence us culturally and how this will propel innovation to make the world better and where your thoughts are on that. That is a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, art is, um, is really at the center of all of it. I mean, pretty, it pretty much all is art. That's what, I mean, even, uh, our, our CTO Mark, you know, he, he thinks of code as art and it's mm -hmm. just, it's what, it's what we're all doing. And yeah, I think that, that if, if you, if you drift from art, then you're sort of lost. And that's why I've, um, always just been really glad that we have a really crazy visionary art community on minds and lots of musicians. I definitely recommend you check out people like, uh, Peter Grick. His art is just utter madness. And just all these people like uh, Alex Gray and just these keeping keeping like new novel art alive and exploring consciousness. And, you know, that that that's a whole other thread of, I mean, that's why we called it Minds. Yes. It's what, you know, it's sort of that that is the network between everyone. Everyone's sort of co-creating this this thing together and can sort of take it in whatever direction they want to go. This I love what you're saying. So um, I actually know of somebody actually told me about Minds.com last year, and that was the first time I ever heard of it. And they were explaining that they had naked hiking groups um, because they're just fantastic humans, and I love everything about them. And you, you talk about um, expanding consciousness. This is the kind of couple they are. They're just uh, the kind of people I want to be around. And they said that everybody, again, another one of those mass exoduses, all the naked hiking groups went to mines so they could have freedom to express themselves in any way they wanted. And that is also art. So I can see what you're saying there. This is actually one thing where I think a lot of the, um, you know, the the general right wing gets really, really wrong. And, you know, a lot of people, I mean, like on Facebook and Instagram, like they'll censor a 17th century piece of art with like a, a naked human being on it. And it's just like, what? what are you doing? How, how is that productive? And so, you know, I the, the whole free the nipple thing and just with like nudity, yeah, grow up. I mean, we, you can, you can have filters and that's really all you need 
it's just like let people express themselves as long as it's not you know like exploiting children or whatnot and 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 violent so yeah i'm all about it that's amazing no here's the thing man my question is to you regarding like nudity public nudity if you want to be naked you should have the right to do it you know especially if it's on public land right so if you're like downtown seattle or (laughs) wherever you're at new york or connecticut or whatever if people want to get naked they should but you think that possibly some people may not want to see it. I'm, I'm just being devil's advocate here. Do you think that there is a right for people who maybe don't like it? I mean, they have the right to turn away, right? Yeah, I think that it it, it comes into like if you're sort of in, how, how heavily you're encroaching on other people. I think that it's definitely, a, yeah. you know, even for, for public commons, you know, I, I guess there's there's a debate to be had. I'm sort of more talking like, you know, on the internet. Yes, I'm with you on um, that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I mean, obviously in the woods, I, I don't know. It, it, it's complicated. Generally speaking, I'm not offended by the human body. And I think that it's a little bit odd if if people are. Um, but I mean, if you're just surrounded by a gang of naked people. <laughs> that like, I'm not squirrels. complaining. Like, if there's a bunch of naked chicks, I have no problem. Trust me. Oh, jeez. Okay, oh, here geez. we go. I'm, I'm an asshole, right? Really? <laughs> no. Like, I, I'm, no. I'm sorry. I'm a typical guy. I get it. I, you know, but like, <laughs> but I know I, I'm with you on that. Like if, if, if people want to get naked and, but like, I, I, that's all I'm saying. Like minds.com, you have no filters whatsoever. Is that right? Well, if it's legal, as long as it's legal and well, sure. we do have filters. So like, actually, if it's explicit, it's going to get tagged explicit. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, you have to opt in to see it. So, and you know, if people, so for the people who want to see it, they can see it and we're not going to delete it from the platform, uh-huh. but we're also not going to shove it into people's faces who, you know, the reality is that, you know, especially like kids and stuff like teenagers, you know, it's, it's just, people are going to make their own decision about that. I, I'm with you. No, I'm with you. And that's freedom of choice at that point, you know, and I'm with you on that. I'm just saying like, I think mine's is great. And I know that you will. You know, it's just like heads up. This is explicit, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? You don't need the government censoring people. And I'm all for it. People want to get naked. Go for it. That's awesome. Well, the problem is not even about supporting nudity or not. It's more that when you go over the line Mm -hmm. and making subjective decisions like, oh, I'm going to this, you know, Instagram will be like, I'm going to I'm going to censor that 18th century piece of art. Mm-hmm. Or, but I'm not gonna censor. You know, if you go to the free the nipple account on, uh, <laughs> I love the name. No, it's actually hilarious because they they fuck with them. They'll be like, you know, they they, they create these like optical illusions of things that look like nipple. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it, just to show the absurdity of the whole thing. Right, and it's um. So I'm not saying it's not even about me supporting it or. Not, it's more that when you go over the line to saying, oh, this is okay and that's not okay in terms of legal stuff. Sure. It opens up a whole can of worms that is literally impossible to deal with. And it's just, it, it it's not um, productive at all. No, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. 100%. Bill, I have one more question for you. What has been the greatest thing? you have learned since you started minds.com? I mean, like what has been the learning curve for you and how have you kind of grown and in your success and being an entrepreneur 
what has been like the biggest learning curve you've, you know, the biggest learning experience you've experienced since you've started this? I would say it has to do with being willing to coexist in a space with people whose ideas I, you know, disagree with strongly Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's hard sometimes. It is. Yeah. And, you know, you question if like, you know, you don't want to be promoting certain stuff. And and to be honest, the, the more fringe stuff is, is in the vast minority. I mean, 99% of the, of the content on minds is, you know, just really positive. Sure. Interesting stuff. But, you know, you always have that minority that is really just harsh. And, but I found that the tone, it, it has a lot to do with the tone that the network puts out. And there's just, we've achieved a sort of tone of respect that causes even those people who, you know, I, whose ideas I drastically disagree with, they even still, I think we've, we've found a respect that they don't have on these other platforms. And so, they they'll troll so much harder on the other platforms because there's not that respect. And that is to me the the whole theory of um you know how censorship doesn't work. That that's it in action. I can I can feel the tone. Right. Uh Bill, I gotta say something, man. Everything you're doing is is the right thing. Yes. And you're doing the right thing. And uh it's an honor to actually talk to you. This has been a, a, a remarkable and fresh interview uh, and really got to say thank you very much for taking the time because this is the future and you are the future and mm-hmm. and we really appreciate hey, it, it. It's it's reciprocal. It's also an honor to be here. This is uh, this is an epic, epically badass podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Woo, woo. Yes. <laughs> and, and and Bill, we got to say thank you, brother. Give us your dot coms. I keep it and the whole nine uh, yards. You know, just minds.com slash Ottman, O-T-T-M-A-N. You know, hit me up. That's where I am. I don't, um, you know, that that's where I spend spend most of my time. There's there's not, not too many dot coms to throw in. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. Anyway, so we love what you're doing. And anyway, so we're going to have a very limited time on our after party, but we have some some fans who want to ask some questions. So if you're not part of the after party, please sign up at patreon.com forward slash blast off podcast, where you can find the rest of this interview with Mr. Bill Ottman. He only has a few minutes, but we're going to facilitate the time because his phone is going to die. And that's the real, <laughs> we're not going to lie and say, well, he has shit to do. His phone's going to die. And he has shit he to do. He still has shit to do. He has shit, he has to, shit do. to do. This man's busy. <laughs> yeah. The guy has a fucking, like, uh, a whole website to, to maintain. So, anyways, so this is Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off. And I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Hello. Anyways, so give it up for Bill Ottman. Here on Blast Off with Johnny Rocket and Rayleigh Lightheart. Bill, thank you so much, man. And this is a amazing interview and we really appreciate your time and again check us out here at the launchpadmedia.com forward slash blast off and make sure you subscribe to us on our patreon to hear the rest of the show anyways though this is johnny rocket signing off rock and roll <laughs>